end episode 113 of Fired Up. Dom and Chris have been out off. They're doing some other things. We brought in the ringer, Mark Romney, joining us. Mark, what's going on, man? Nothing much, dude. Just uh, hanging in there, getting ready for this uh, NHL draft again. Yes, yes, we have big so. things planned for it. Um, we'll, t- we'll talk about that in a little bit, but sure. it started off uh, you know, at the top. It was. I know we teased it last week about the the tailgate that we were having, and it was. Uh, it was a lot of fun. You came out a bunch. You know, a bunch of yep. the fire up team came out. Drunk Phil's fans, caught a hot media. It was. It was a good time. It was an eventful day. Phil's lost, but it, I enjoyed meeting everybody finally face to face. it was great. It was great to get uh to to put the uh put the faces to the names, and we were yep. all kind of communicating uh through Slack and all these other forms of media and it was nice to meet people in person absolutely absolutely got my ass kicked in cornhole that was fun. i think it was before you got there though <laughs> yeah i missed that I, yeah. yeah i mean so, i would have i would have been getting my ass kicked so I, so me and dom took care of the bell smashers uh jen and kylie pretty easily <laughs> uh and then we got our ass kicked by the drunk on brawl guys rich and uh, rich and don oh okay they, yeah they took care of us and that was about the extent of the cornhole <laughs> and then it stopped there um but yeah, listen, we got a lot of Flyers to talk about. It's going to be a Flyers-heavy, Flyers-only show, probably. Um, and listen, for the first time in like over a decade, the Flyers are like number one thing to talk about right now, which is which is weird because it's like for like a different reason. Like They're not good, obviously. They're in the rebuild. But so much news is happening. So much, I guess, noise is happening. Um, yeah. And I guess kind of where we get started is when we were at the Phillies game, I feel like halfway through the game, we were checking our phones more than we were watching the game because yeah. – these crazy rumors that came out about the Blues trade with the Flyers, and it kind of, I guess, it's on a hold right now. Will it happen? Will it not happen? What are your thoughts about this whole this whole mess with the the Flyers and Blues? Yeah, it, it was. Um, it would go down when we were at the Phillies game. I think we actually <laughs> all said that we were all kind of showing each other what we had seen, the tweets and things like that. Like, uh, you know, it, it's. It's to be expected, I think, at this point. I, I you're gonna have to take back, right? Like for contracts like the ones they're talking about, the Kevin Hayes contract, Travis Sanheim signed till the end of eternity. <laughs> uh, you know, uh ironically, like it, it's funny because there was the rumor about the Tony D'Angelo trade to Carolina. He would probably be the easiest one to move, I would imagine. One year left at five million. Easy to retain, yeah. Yeah, easy to retain there. And that got shut down by the league, apparently, for uh, being considered salary cap circumvention. Or... Yeah, I I have a whole issue with that. Like, I get why the rule's in place. Yeah. But the salary cap is, doesn't really exist in the offseason. What are you circumventing if it doesn't exist? Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I understand I understand you don't want them to circumvent the cap in the middle of the season, but, like, the playoffs and the offseason, it doesn't really exist. I know you, I think you could go over to the cap, what, 10% or whatever? Yeah. But it doesn't really exist. So how are you circumventing something that doesn't really exist? Yeah. It, it was odd. It was. It, it's like one of those, like, small wrinkles in the CBA. Yeah. Uh, I, I think the NBA has something similar. Like, I think where if you sign a guy – you can't like in the summer, you can't move them until like at least December or something or, yeah. or, or whatever. But um, yeah, I think like with the St. Louis thing, there's a lot of moving parts there. Uh, obviously it isn't just on the flyer side. The St. Louis blues have uh, a number of no trade clause, no movement clauses that they'd have to iron out. 
and, and that was kind of the, one of the snags that we had heard about was uh, Tory Krug, defenseman for the St. Louis Blues, is one of the players that uh, I'm assuming was supposed to be coming back in this deal, but there was talk about him not willing to waive his no movement clause or no trade clause. I don't know which he has, but uh, he no wasn't trade. I believe no trade. Yeah, yeah. So, and they have a number of guys on deals like that. Nine. Because when it came out, they were like, oh, it could be being caught up by you know somebody who has a no-trade clause, and then you immediately go to Cap Friendly, you pull up the list, and there's nine players with no trades. Yeah, and it's, <laughs> it was wild, because I took a look at it. I I thought it was eight, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I'm looking at it, and then, like, you know, no disrespect, uh, you know, we're not talking Marco Scandella or anything like that, yeah. but I'm like, Marco Scandella has a modified no-trade or something like that yep. in his deal, and I'm like... Yeah, that's that's pretty crazy that like, you know, players of yeah. uh, and it's funny because anytime anytime like a team runs into this obstacle where they have to deal with, uh, uh, you know, like it becomes an obstacle with the, the no movement clause or the no trade clause. It's always funny uh, that teams kind of and the fan bases in particular, we get upset about it. We're like, oh, why doesn't he just wave? But like well, that player. You know, yeah. no, I, I get it, but it's it's a weird thing because, like, if I'm Tory Crew, yeah, I probably don't want to come to Philly, they're in the middle of a rebuild. I get it, but like, the Blues also don't want me either, yeah. So, like, I kind of I kind of would want to wave, like, all right, fine, you don't want me, all right, fine, I'm wanting somewhere else. Like, it's a yeah. weird, it's a weird dynamic, yeah. And then I think on the flip side of that, right, is that you're owed 6.5 million, you've won a Stanley Cup before for another what's this contract, another four years, is it? I, th- I believe it's another three or three. Four. Yeah, it might be three. And you've won before. And it, it's like you have a young family. Like, I don't know if you want to uproot your life for, for that. And, you know, they got to pay you no matter what. <laughs> you know, right. so it's like I, I'm not sure if if that has like any like. Where where did he win? Was that with Boston or was he on the Blues team that won? He was definitely on. I want to say he was on the. He's I don't probably, think he was on the 2011 team. Um, so he signed the contract in 2020 with the Blues. So they already won. They won in what 18 or 19? 19, I think. Yeah. Okay. So so he's still in the Blues at that point. I'm trying to see if he won with the. Did he win in St. Louis? I, I don't know if he was on that. Nah, he he went to the Blues in 2020. Okay. Right. Um. So he was with the he was with the Bruins from 2011 2012 season. Um, okay. So, yeah, there's that. Oh, so maybe, maybe he didn't. I, I thought maybe he was on. I mean, they didn't win in 2013, but they played the Hawks in that that series. I thought maybe he was on a team on one of those teams, but maybe not. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, play. I mean, he's played in a lot of playoff games. That's, that's yeah, he's been sure. around yeah, and yeah. and and he's had he's been on teams that have had success, and I can see why a player like that would be intriguing to the Flyers to bring back, even during a rebuild. Um, but um, that that's kind of hit a snag. I, I then then it's been reported after that that like you know maybe some iteration of that deal would be made without him, and I, I you know. I guess we'll have to wait and see. I don't know if the Flyers are still working on that or, or not, or but you know, right? Yeah, because I think in, originally 
there was a tweet that was put out. I forget who it was because there's a lot of reports over the weekend. But there was a there was a report about like there was like four names involved, like Lawton, Sanheim. Yeah, it might have been D'Angelo and Hayes. I think might have been the four. Yeah. Um, and you know, I mean, that's that's a massive, crazy trade if they're all in one trade. And then obviously they got to bring money back. Krug, maybe maybe a scandal. I don't know. But now Krug's not waving his no move or no trade. Um, it sounds like it sounds like Hayes is going to be a St. Louis blow at one point. Like it sounds yeah. like he's he's a goner to St. Louis. It's just now Sanheim might have to go somewhere else if they even end up trading Sanheim at all. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, and it's been out there. I think with uh, with Sanheim that um, you know Winnipeg could be a landing spot. I believe he's like a Manitoba native, so Winnipeg's like close to home for him. And um, but I, I I'm not really sure like where he kind of like the Flyers would have to probably take back another left shot defenseman in a deal like that. Uh, the I believe the Jets have like I think uh, Brendan Dillon is out there. Um, uh, Nate Schmidt is another player I think uh, is out there. I think those guys are you know they would probably have to go back in another deal if yeah. like and and Winnipeg's gone through like you know they're another team that's kind of going through like a litany of changes. Yeah, uh, coming you know for for them so. It sounds like Blake Wheeler's moving on. There's um, Hellebuck's yeah. on the last year of his deal. Hellebuck's on the last year of his uh, deal. Saw some Shifley rumors earlier. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, like, it looks like they're kind of at a point where they feel as though their group has gone as far as they could go, and that they're looking to make, you know, some uh, some changes to their to you know. I, I don't know if they're willing to take a step back or not. I think if you would add a player like Sandheim, you're still trying to compete, but. You know, maybe get a little bit younger there. Um, I'm not really sure from from their perspective what it looks like, but uh, you know, uh, that that's also out there. So I mean, yep. uh, well, we'll have to wait and see how how many of those come to fruition on on draft night. But it definitely sounds like the Flyers are going to be busy. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. It's it's going to be fun. Yeah. Um, Lena's on Allmark just won the Vesna Award. I don't know if that's any sort of surprise. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, he was fantastic this year. He was in Bo- He was in Boston this year. Yep. Yeah, I remember watching him a couple years ago in in Buffalo and Buffalo, thinking he yeah. was good. Yep. Uh, that he was. Well, the he problem had a game. is, it's Buffalo. Like, <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. Uh, you know, I, I think he probably he probably had a great night against the Flyers too in a game that they yeah. probably lost. And, yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, but uh, no, I mean that's pretty. That seems pretty. Um, spot on there i don't i don't i'm not sure who else was a finalist for it but uh who was a finalist uh i think hellebuck was one i forget the third yeah um Connor mcdavid won the lead uh won the odd not the what did he win the uh the ted Lindsay, which is yeah. really a surprise yeah um and i imagine they didn't do the heart yet but that's going to be mcdavid probably sure. unanimous yeah i would i would <laughs> say so <laughs> um but yeah, and then another kind of rumor that's come out really over the last uh, handful of weeks um, is Scott Lawton. Yeah. Um, apparently, also with the St. Louis Blues, apparently they were interested, offered I guess a late round, uh, late first round pick. Either what are they, twenty five or twenty eight? I think is their their picks in the yeah, first round. Yeah, they're definitely they got a couple late first. I but think the rumor it might was be... the rumor. Sorry, the rumor was that the Flyers turned out a that one that was late first and a second round pick. If you yeah. ask me, it's a lot for Scott Lawton. What, what do you think they should do with Scott Lawton here? I agree with that. I, you know, it's tough because, you know, you always have, I, I know I do 
uh, like just ascribing to the fan part of me. Um, I like guys that, you know, want to be here and want to play for the team. And and, uh, Scotty seems like he's the ultimate flyer. He seems to love it here. And it's a shame when it gets to that point. But um, they clearly value what he brings to the table, both as a leader and as on-ice production. But um, I think if you're getting another first-rounder in this draft and and you're already making a commitment to rebuild, uh, it's hard to turn down a rumored price like that. The other thing is is that they can make that – they can revisit that deal – obviously on draft uh, on draft day on draft night yep. um but you also risk uh of course uh the team that you're working with uh pivoting somewhere else and and making a different move for maybe a cheaper you know a cheaper return there um so you run that risk but i'm not sure how how like open the flyers are to trading lot and uh, as much as they're checking, like to see what what the price is on them, but I mean that seems like a pretty good price. Like that seems like a pretty good return yeah. to to get for a player like that, even though we like him here. Um, and, and and it's interesting because one of the players that gets tied to him often, uh, in terms of like some of the Flyers' best trade chips, is uh, Travis Konechny. and that's really kind of died down a lot of that talk. We haven't really heard much at all about. Uh, rumor, you know, trade trades involving Konechny. Uh That doesn't mean anything won't happen, but it's just that yeah, that's um, that's kind of slowed down a bit as well. Yeah, they've kind of been reluctant to trade Konechny. Like They've kind of said it early on, like we want to keep Konechny. Yeah, um, he's a good player. He's uh, he's. I know people criticize Torts. He's kind of one that's excelled under Torts. Like he, his yeah. game has gone to a whole other level, which I didn't think was going to have. Like, if there was one player that I would think wouldn't have gotten along with towards, I thought it was going to be Travis Konechny, but it was the total opposite. Yeah, yeah, it actually worked out pretty well. I, I don't think Konechny, even though he can be a little all over the place, I think even Tortorella has said this year uh, there after a game where he was like, "This guy's nuts." Like <laughs> talking about Konechny, like him getting and like going after like the biggest guy out there and you know mixing it up. He's kind of one of those players. Um, that a coach like John Tortorella, they just kind of fall in love with them, you know, like with their, their, you know, their, their physicality and the way that they kind of um, approach the game. But uh, Konechny seems like one of those players to me as well, that just seems to um, having a coach that's hard on him uh, would bring out the best in him. He just seems like to be that kind of player. And, um, you know, and he had a great year this year. And uh, they'll need more of that uh, next year if they want to take any kind of like any kind of step forward. Uh, they're going to need Travis Connecting to be as good as he was last year. Yep. Uh, do you think they will trade Kevin Hayes or Tony? Um, I feel like we talked about it a little bit. I definitely think Kevin Hayes is going to uh, to St. Louis at one point. And, um, and to- Tony D'Angelo, I, whether I mean, obviously we talked about you know the, the trade getting kind of getting nixed by the NHL. I imagine that trade's going to be available come July 9th. Like I, th- I think they will make that trade at some point, right? Yeah, yeah, and it's it's kind of a weird too. It's like Carolina's side of it is interesting because they went out last summer and got Brett Burns. Yep. So where does Tony even fit? Like he's 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 a power yeah. play guy, but Burns was on that spot the entire year. Yeah, he's going to eat up a lot of like 
justifiably so. You know, he's going to eat up a lot of those um, power play minutes and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so it, from a structural standpoint, it makes sense because a team that plays as well as they do within a system like Carolina does, uh, D'Angelo fitting in there like he did previously, um, it, it, that you know that the fit works already, but it's just a matter of like, they're a little bit different looking now too uh, uh, on the back end. So it's like, he's not likely going to be deployed the same way because then it's like, what do you do? They could put him back again with Jacob Slavin, but then where do you, does that mean like Burns has to play with Brett Pesci and what kind of fit is that? You know, are they a little too, you know, is it a little too similar or or whatever? You then have to figure that part out. And that seems like a lot, for a team that's, you know, in contention to go through to add one guy um, who's who's like, you know, to to be blunt about it. He's a power play specialist. He doesn't really yeah. offer you much else. No, no, it's 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 ghost. If ghost was like a little more physical and a little more of a wild card, like that's yeah. what Tony is. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and then the fact that, you know, him and Tortorella seem the butt heads. Yep. He sits, you know, the last week of the season we still have no idea why yeah and it was never like that you know, nothing ever got leaked there's never no. any kind of like explanation for that uh he seemed annoyed about it as yep. i i would imagine he would be and um i, I guess agree with it at all i think he basically said like like i know i'm or did he say he, i think he said i know i'm sitting i just strongly disagree i think it's dumb yeah or something yeah like that. Something yeah like he was that, pretty yeah. blunt about it and, yeah. and justifiably so i mean i'd probably be upset if i were in that position but um, it seemed like whatever it was seemed somewhat irreparable, like for for them, like they couldn't move past it. Yeah, and I'm sure it's a weird situation for him. Obviously, a hometown guy from the area, um, grew up, you know, a, a Flyers fan. So I'm yeah. sure to have what seems like is a messy divorce. I'm sure doesn't sit right with him. I'm sure it's a, it's right. a weird situation. And he's bounced around to a ton of teams, whether yeah. it was. You know, and he's still pretty young. I think he's 26 years old. Tampa, Arizona, New York, Carolina, Philly. Am I missing yeah. anybody? Yeah, and then I think, uh, I think that's everybody. And, yeah. uh, if he gets moved, he'll play somewhere else unless it's yeah. back to Carolina. And, All right. Um, that seems like a lot of trouble to go through unless, you know, he ends up working with someone in a situation like where it's like that perfect storm like it was in Carolina where uh, the fit worked and he got to play with a really – excellent you know um two-way guy in slavin um but there's not there's not too many jacob slavins around in the league so no there's not um (laughs) that was the that was the issue here he didn't have jacob slavin to play with yeah um so i'm trying to think so i guess a big rumor on top of rumor one that's kind of slowed down um is the carter hart thing i've said from day one i'd i'd be really surprised they trade carter hart um, but but how do you think this goes? If do you think they trade him at all, or what's your, what's your thought? I, I'm going back and forth about it. Yeah. Um, and in my own head, uh, about this whole thing, um, this this situation with the Hockey Canada, yeah, uh, was it the 2018 uh, uh, group, whatever? Sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I mean they're just you know deserve it least so they're treating it with like a you know the utmost um uh 
just like the utmost seriousness and um, yeah, I think it's a little convenient it hasn't been released yet. And I think they're going to wait until like the dead summer of August. Like August is going to happen and it's just going to get released on like a Friday. Yeah. And <laughs> like, it's it's kind of interesting because I, I know la- like last summer uh late in the summer like a player like Sam Steele who I think ended up in Minnesota on a cheap one-year deal, 24 years old. Um he was a part of that group, that team, that that junior team. And I remember looking into, like, I'm like, it's odd to me that a 24-year-old, the guy that you would think would have a little bit more potential, uh, that teams weren't readily, like, readily, weren't, weren't kind of, like, lining up to get, you know, try to bring this guy in. He ended right. up getting a, a short-term deal uh, in Minnesota. And I remember somebody, I, I was talking to someone on Twitter at the time, and they had, they had wondered, did that have anything to do with it, maybe? Um, and, uh, this whole hockey Canada thing with the, uh, the sexual assault case and stuff. And I, I mean, I, I wasn't sure, but, uh, now like nobody like willing to trade with them. I, I still stand by just like looking at the history of it. Goaltenders don't fetch trade, trade returns like we think they do. Um, I think a lot of them are more valuable to you than, they are in a trade as like an asset moving forward. Um, and it, it, you'd be hard pressed to find a trade that, that has a goaltender in it that uh, it, it like significantly alters the franchise in any kind of way. And the flyers have kind of been, you know, and I still have that cause I'm of that. I'm, I'm at that age where like, I remember, I remember very, very vividly, how things played out the seasons before the Flyers decided to trade Bob for pennies on the dollar and how that all went out, went down. Totally different situation, different situation for sure. And uh, yeah, totally different situation, but just knowing that they had moved them and then going on to see the player that he had became, it was, you know, I, I want them to hopefully like that they had learned their lesson from that. All right. And that uh, they don't make the same mistake twice. But uh, the one thing about the Flyers organization right now, with all the things that you can criticize them for, and there's plenty, that uh, when it comes to prospects and, and, and you know, um, uh, like a strength of their system is how many goalies they have in the system. So um, they probably could make a Carter Hart trade, but it's just I don't know how many how many real futures – you're getting back in that deal. I would prefer to keep him and walk him up the free agency or his light, his restricted free agent year. I don't remember if he's coming up on UFA or not. I think it's R. I think it's one more year than RFA. I believe. Yeah, I, I would probably like just in my own view of it. I, I, I think I'd walk a player like that up to it. See where you are at that point. Yep. And, and then, you know, if you're in a position where you're either, you've arrived to your destination earlier than you had hoped or, or that you had planned rather. Um, then maybe you can talk yourself into giving him the, the long-term deal, knowing that he's going to be a part of the future and you're going to get his prime years. Um, I, I think I would, I, I would think about that because I think sometimes, especially when we, we look at where the flyers are now and all the rumors that are out there, um, you know, you do have to, even if you're not, expected to be very good 
you still have to like dress a roster like and play it like you have to have yeah. a team yeah and and i think and something that Tortorella's talked on and and even the newer guys like like jonesy and Briere have kind of talked on it like culture is very important and when you build a culture to lose on purpose it can be very dangerous long term yeah. So like like look at the Blackhawks. Yeah, they got Connor Bedard. How long is it going to take them to compete? I don't know they made a trade for Taylor Hall today, but like how long is it going to take them to be competitive? It might be 4 or 5 years. Yeah. Yeah, and that I mean that team was just atrocious like gutted them like yeah. completely. And and you know, it's it's unfair, you know, to a young player as gifted as they are yeah. to have them come in and 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 just be this like, okay, you're going to be our, you know, our magic elixir here. You're going to fix everything uh, for as brilliant as you may be as a young, uh, outstanding player. It's, it's not a fair thing to do to put them in a position like that, where um, they're kind of expected to just kind of reverse the, the reverse the fortunes of the franchise. Yeah. It takes time. Look how took it. Look how long it took Edmonton with McDavid. Like they, they still really haven't gotten over the hump. Like I know yeah. they're competitive and they're a contender because they have McDavid and Drysaddle, but they, uh, it, I mean, t- it takes a while. I mean, it, once you put the culture of losing, I mean, Buffalo is finally just starting to like be competitive when yeah. they when they try to tank for McDavid and got Eichel. Like it just the build it down and trying to lose on purpose does not work long term and i think the flyers understand that they're trying to rebuild while ha- having a competitive team that's going to fight every night and and build a culture that is not okay with losing yeah yeah and and it's interesting because like you look at like someone like briere and all the things that he has said it, it's kind of like just in my own personal philosophy of like how to build a, uh, a roster with a good culture and uh, an environment where losing isn't acceptable. Um, it's like, I don't know that I would be, if I, if someone called me tomorrow and made me a, a general manager of a team, I, I don't know that I would be committed to any one direction in terms of like, Oh, Hey, we're tanking or, Oh, Hey, we're going for it. If, you know, whether you're contending or, or not and a player who's a good player that fits into your, into what you're looking for, he's 24 years old and he comes to you on a good price. You have to consider that yeah. no matter, you know, no matter where you may be or, or whatever um, verbiage you're using to describe your, your predicament, the talent, like it's hard to get, it's hard to just pass on the talent, you know? Yeah. Um, I'd seen a rumor somewhere uh, floating around on Twitter that the Flyers had were one of the teams that had made a call on uh, Pierre Luc Dubois. Really, I didn't hear that. Yeah, and it's like I have no idea if that has any legs or not. Um, but I don't if know I, how I feel about Pierre Luc Dubois, I don't know how I feel about him either. Yeah, <laughs> and he seemed to have issues with Tortorella before. If uh, when he was co- he coached them in Columbus. Yeah, yeah. Like it's the weird thing is like he's been on two franchises now and he's wanted to leave both, but like it's Columbus and Winnipeg, so I kind of get it. Yeah. So I I don't know I don't know how to, what to make of that. I think the belief with him too is like he's uh, that he's like angling to get to Montreal. Yep. It's like there. where he wants to be. Yeah. Uh, and they like in in 
up there in, in you know Hab's country, like it's very like um they French Canadian kid that grew up in the area, they love that stuff. Oh, I'm like, sure they do. They'll eat that up. All yeah, yeah, yeah. They they love that stuff. So, um, and any you know, it's like he's young and and he's young and with all those things that we hear about him that aren't good things, but he's still like a sixty point player with potential for growth there. And it, um, but there is a little bit, uh, I think, uh, of an issue of you know how committed committed is he. Um, I, I don't know him personally, so I don't know, but it just based on what I've, you know, what you've seen from him. I mean, I, did you ever see that clip of him in Columbus? In Columbus it was brutal. Taking oh, that shift. Oh that, my uh, God, so bad. That like that, that's called the shift the for like the total opposite reason as we call like the Richards and Drew shifts. Yeah. Like the shift, but for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> yeah. He just, he looks so uninterested and I want, I like, no, you can't have that on your team. Like we talk about culture, yeah. that's the things you have to get rid of. Yeah, like if you got like you know, I guess it's all right if on your like you know you're dealing with like a child. Yeah. On like the mites team, and he's like throwing <laughs> right. a fit. Yeah, I don't feel like being here tonight. Yeah, like, but when I want to uh... play video games, I'm like, it's eight year old. <laughs> I want to go home. I, want, I don't yeah. want to do this anymore. The boys are on Fortnite. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, like you know, I to have that, and, and like that can't happen in no. a pro game. No. You know, and uh, it's funny because of how egregious it was. Like so he, bad. He didn't even he, like. He didn't even make an effort to like make it look like he cared. Yeah, he didn't hide it. No, he didn't hide it or <laughs> anything. So um, that stuff can't happen. But. Um, to go back to my original point, I, I had heard like, like I had seen that floated out there that maybe they had made a call or something like that, that the Flyers had made a call. And it, it's like, you know, to me, you know, I know people look at look at that and they'll be like, why are the Flyers looking at something like that? They're in a rebuild. But it's like, you know, he's like in his mid 20s and he's been a 60 point player. And, and you know, maybe there's room for growth there. I, I would put in a call, too, I think, like just to, just to check on the status of, of the player um to to see if that's something that could work for us it's you know there's no one there's no one way to build a team and um now that the flyers seem like they have this like vision and and this plan in place that everybody throughout from top to bottom seems on board with uh it's encouraging because that it just hasn't been like that for them lately so for sure, and we can move to the draft. But before I do that, i got to tell everybody about our sponsor. If you haven't heard already, it's Smooth Sack Summer. Uh, when you're playing in the sun, make sure you're skating from pubes to bum. That is right. This is the summer to keep your balls cool while looking hot with Manscaped. The leaders in Below the Waist Grooming are making sure we all have a ball this summer by giving our pants partners everything they need to stay fresh. Dive headfirst into Smooth Sack Summer by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with our code Fired Up. Um, again, that's 20% off uh, with the code fired up manscaped.com. It's Smooth Sack Summer Boys. Get on board or get left behind. Um, a lot of good stuff at Manscaped. Um, so the draft, who do you think goes number one? No, I'm kidding. It's obviously, <laughs> it's obviously Connor Bedard um, going to Chicago. And I feel like a, there's a chance, there's a small chance things could get interesting at number two. But by all accounts, it's Adam Fantilli, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I've heard some stuff like maybe the, the 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 Mitch Call factor comes in, and maybe they go number two with Mitch Call. I don't see it yeah. happening. I think there are 
close enough in talent that they'd rather just take the you know the less of the lesser of the risks there. Yeah, yeah, and and it's going to be something like the Mixkov thing on Wednesday is going to be fascinating. Yep. I, I, you know, it, it's just like the talent level so great there, the potential so great there. And it's really not about this kid at all. It's all about the things surrounding the Russian-Ukraine conflict and military service, contracts in the KHL, things like that. All these other things that are, um, you know, uh, they don't have anything to do with hockey, you know. But, like, when you, you look at just from, like, a pure offensive wizardry standpoint, like, the only player that can match this kid is Bedard in yep. terms of like offensive ability um it's a big risk without a doubt that there it's definitely a risk i don't think it's enough of a risk for for me if it were my call um at two you're talking about at two yeah, yeah i mean like it's not that much of a uh, it's not that much especially for a team like the ducks you know i i think like they're probably not going anywhere anytime soon they have a nice young nucleus of players there yep and i think fantilli who is like who's likely going to be the second overall pick he's going to fit in really nicely there trevor zegris jamie drysdale uh mason mctavish um, yeah you, you really have i mean mctavish and um and fantilli could kind of be your one two up the middle and i think that allows you to move zegris over to wing because i don't think i really yeah. don't think zegris is an nhl center i don't yeah um i think he's perfectly suited on the wing and i think that gives him an opportunity to move him over to the wing yeah and it probably maximizes his greatest assets right is his, his offensive ability yep. uh his goal scoring ability you know he do all that creative stuff that he likes to try to do yep. um and um you know so i really like i you know i i think if i were the ducks um van tilly would be my pick uh if i were in their shoes the the mixkoff thing is going to be something that all these teams two through ten are going to weigh um, and, um, someone's, someone's going to take the big, the big, uh, the big leap. And, uh, if it works out, we'll probably look back on it and, and be like, man, I can't believe they did that. And it, you know, but it, it, it happens, you know, uh, I think all the years and years ago, you know, it happened with Yamir Yager. Like yep. there, there was that situation there where teams weren't sure. Is he coming over? When's he coming over? And, um, you know, he ended up in Pittsburgh, part of, you know, great cup teams with Mario and all that. So it it, uh, it can change the fortunes of your franchise pretty significantly. But Fantilli's too – there's too much to like about that kid. You yeah. Know? And, and you talk about the, the risk factor with Mitchkoff. And, again, after the first pick, we're going to be watching every team. Uh, is this the team that takes the risk? Is this the team that takes the risk? And after hearing – the pre-draft press conference from 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 Danny Breer and Brent Flar, it sounds like there's a legitimate chance the Flyers take Matt Matt Mitchkoff, which yeah. I didn't think was a possibility at all until I heard that press conference. Yeah, and uh, same. I felt the same way, and it's like because I I had been uh, for anybody listening that follows me on Twitter or sees any of my stuff, like I'm all, I'm all on the Mitchkoff train. Yeah. I'm, I'm all ready to go, uh, with this. I, I think for the flyers, I'd, I'd have the risk appetite to draft him and let the other things play out. Um, 
there are rumors out there though that you know um Arizona may be looking to move back uh to to move back in the draft for a team that may want to take Mitchkoff. Um what's the price to move from 7 to 6? Like go up one spot. What does that yeah. cost you? Yeah. And, and it's like how how you know you're swapping picks there. Yeah. And you know, I know Washington has been one of the other teams. They have, you know, the fit makes so much sense for Washington. I can yeah. understand them wanting to do it. Like it, it makes too much sense with the Ovechkin factor, and they've yeah. had they've had a really a long history with Russians. It it makes so much sense in Washington. Yeah, but hopefully the Flyers beat them to the punch. Yeah, and it would be great if they could. Yeah. Um, I, I would take that that risk. I don't know that I would be trading, you know, twenty two and, and seven to move up one spot yeah, to I take know. him. T- yeah. One spot's tough. It's yeah. Um, at that, cause it's like it, that you, the values off the charts. If he falls to seven and you have the opportunity to take him here, like versus the talent level versus what you're, where you're right. picking to get a player like that. And it's like, wow, like you can't, you can't beat it. So, to talk about something we talked about a little earlier when like it comes to Kevin Hayes. Say he gets traded to St. Louis, just Kevin Hayes. What does is, what is that return fetch you? I, I, I'll take you somewhere after I ask this question. What, <laughs> what, is that, what does that get you, the Kevin Hayes trade? I, you know, I would be thinking mid-round pick. I yeah. can't imagine that, that someone's – and it's not a knock on Kevin at all. Like, I, you know, he's been – he's been – He's come here and he's done what he's – he's exactly the same player I think he was advertised to be yeah, when they signed yeah. him. It's just that the Flyers are in a completely different place than they were when they brought him in. And it, it's like it, – it's not a knock on the player at all. Kevin Hayes is an objectively good player. Um, that would probably be a nice piece for a team. Maybe not at $7 million, but – Four yeah. million, it's pretty good value if the Flyers are retaining salary there. Especially with we haven't we didn't talk about it all yet. The freedom class is terrible this year. Yeah, so that 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 could boost his value because a team wanting a second or third line center, well, there's really none in free agency. Now I gotta, you know, yeah. the, the price for Kevin Hayes might go up a little bit. Yeah, and you know maybe you're able to get your hands on you know a mid round pick or so, um, and and you know I think the Flyers would just take the cap relief and run there. You know, yeah, it's, so I saw earlier, and I don't know how true it is, that the ask is probably a second-round pick. Yeah. Now, say you trade Hayes to the St. Louis Blues for a second-round pick. Would you trade seven and that second-round pick to move up one spot? Yeah, I think I, I think I would if I could keep the first, the, yeah, the but, additional, the 22nd. Yeah, because, it, because at that point, you got to ask yourself, would I trade number seven and Kevin Hayes for six overall? And yeah, right. you know. Doing yeah. a heartbeat. Like. Yeah. 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 No, I, it, it makes sense. I, I, you know, um, and Arizona is smart to do that. Like, a, you know, to kind of like, Hey, we're willing to, you know, move back a spot. If someone really likes Mitchkov, we're not, we're, you know, we don't know if we're going there. Like it's, it's kind of, it's smart. It's smart to do that. I think, but, um, you know, for anybody trying to move up into the top five, like I know, like that's always something we discuss every summer in the draft. You know, like yeah. oh, like it's never the price is too great, and the team that's sitting in the top top five, it never really makes sense for them to do that. Yeah, I forget the actual year, but I think the last time a top ten pick's been traded has been like oh six or something like that. Well, like, it just doesn't yeah. happen. It doesn't happen often where a top ten pick gets traded. Yeah, yeah, I you know. 
it's uh it's rare you know yeah. and, and it's like because you know and especially in a draft like this where the top 15 so strong um yep you know it's you're not you know if you're sitting just outside the top five you're not getting in the top five you're not if you're picking you know ninth 10 and 11 something like that you yep. know you're not getting four you know what I mean? like yeah right without like giving up an arm and a leg to get in in into that spot so uh that's probably not going to happen but yeah so i think it's you know the mixkov thing is going to be fascinating i you know that that's going to be really interesting to watch uh and there's a couple teams before the flyers at seven like for some reason i think the sharks make a lot of sense for mixkov like i i've kind of thought that yeah uh, that might be a team that that would be willing to absorb that kind of risk and um you know, so I, that that'll be interesting. But uh, whether they take him, whether Mishkov goes earlier or not, is going to be really interesting. On the flip side of that conversation, is that there's going to be other great players there. That was going to be my next question: If Matvey yeah. Mishkov does go before seven, and the Flyers are, are picking at seven, and he's not on the board, um, he's not available. Who's who's your guy? I think right now it would be uh, it would be Zach Benson for sure. Okay. Uh, I think it would be Benson. I like, you know, I, I just, there's a lot of like Ryan Leonard's names out there a ton. A lot of teams seem to really like him. He plays a real hard game. Uh, it kind of sounds like teams are looking at what the Florida Panthers were able to do with Matthew Kuchuk. And people are like, Hey, you know, we need a guy like that. And, um, you know, and I haven't, admittedly, I haven't seen Leonard play a whole bunch. I've seen him play a couple summertime tournaments. On, on, right. You know. Yep. So I haven't seen him play a whole lot. The people that have really love his game. Um, I wouldn't be up. I, I wouldn't be upset with the pick at, at seven. I, I just don't know a whole lot about him. Um, I really like uh, Benson's probably my my lead choice there, but I really do like uh, the board Dvorsky, uh, another centerman. Um, from Slovakia, I think he's a really smart, mature player. And uh, and then David Reinbacher, who I don't know if you remember, but uh, last year we did the, this draft show and we had talked about um, the Flyers were picking fifth overall, and I was really, really on uh, David Urasek was my yeah. guy, and he ended up in Columbus. Flyers ended up going with Cutter Gauthier, and that worked out fine. But it's yeah, you know. Uh, just the profile, the the big, smooth skating, right right shot defenseman. They're hard to find, and yep. I, I think you have to consider that too at seven if you're the Flyers, because I think he'll be there. I think. Yeah, I think I think there. he will be, and if he doesn't, somebody great has dropped to you. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they'll have options. Yeah, no, totally. And he's probably when you look at the crop of like forwards in this draft, he's probably not the the sexy name compared to those guys, but. Um, one of Keith Jones's things when he first got hired by the Flyers is he talked about how he important he thinks it is to build from the defense out. Yeah. So it wouldn't shock me at all if they go David Reinbacker. Not not in the slightest. Yeah. And it, it you know that's kind of like an old school like hockey philosophy, but I think it works. I, yep. I think it works. They're they're tried and true like hockeyisms for a reason. They work. Yep. Um. 
And uh, I look at an organization like Nashville. You know, Nashville's been building from their net out. For the, they've been a defenseman factory for years. They breed like, defensemen like crazy. It's, yeah. Every, every year, there's just another great defenseman. Out of just great players. Got, like, great defensemen. They know, how to, they know how to evaluate them, man. And yep. it's like, um, you know, and I, I think it's a smart strategy because it, they, the, the prices you pay to get them, it, it's just absolute premium. Whether whether they make it to UFA like a like an Alex Petrangelo, and yet you have to give them that huge contract, or you know you try to make a trade for one and and you pay through the nose in terms of price, uh, especially if they can play in the top four and they're right-handed, they always seem to covet like teams team seem to covet them, and um, I think if you can if you can develop that part of your 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 prospect pool with high higher end. Uh, guys with top four potential it just makes it easier for you to identify the guys that you want to keep that are a part of your solution and then you know flip the guys that aren't and uh, for something that you need and i think that could be easier to do it that way yeah. so ryan backer is definitely a, um, a a good fit there and it's really one uh, i don't want to jinx it but it's this are the flyers at seven are in a pretty sweet spot i feel like you know there's there's options there's, there's options. Def- there's definitely options. Even a guy, I know he's probably projected to go maybe a little lower, 10, 11, 12, but like Oliver Moore would even be a good fit mm-hmm. at seven. Yeah. Um, and, and, the, the Fly- and he can. And like the Flyers aren't like there. I don't think they have any sort of one need. Like they kind of just pick whoever you think is the best player available. I think you yeah. pick that guy. Yeah. Yeah. And it, you know, it's, it's interesting that way too, because Usually teams in the top 10, they have multiple needs. They have multiple yeah. holes to fill, it, you know, so it, it's like, and, and, you know, we talk about that, you know, it always varies, right? Like uh, everybody's best player available vary on, on how they evaluate those players. But um, yeah, you know, it, it's the Flyers have all these options here and it, it's like, as long as they don't go like way off the board, you know? <laughs> yeah, right. They don't go like off the res here with this pick or something. Like, uh, yeah, like Jay O'Brien, no them picking a Jay O'Brien. Yeah, yeah, something <laughs> like that. You know, um, yep. you don't want that to happen. No, but, no. Uh, they're critical picks. You know, it, you saw like the the fallout just with through no fault of their own, really. Like with the Nolan Patrick situation and him getting hurt, like he did, and all that. It's like it's hard to recover from when you it miss is. on those picks that high. Um, especially, and then when, every... especially when, sorry to cut you off, especially when like that pick was supposed to fall in your lap. Like they jumped up from what? 13 yeah. to draft Nolan Patrick. And then, yeah, you know, he, he had an okay first two or three years. And then the injury just caught up to him and he just it didn't work out. And any, anything that played out after that, Cal McCarr, Miro Heiskanen, yeah. Elias Pettersson, those guys, all outstanding players. But, if you go back and you, you know, if you go back there, I was one of those people. It was the it was the Nico Nolan draft. It was yep. it was Heisher and um, and Patrick at the top of that draft, and I was one of those people that like I, I know Heisher was drive. You know, he was shooting up the draft boards at the time. I was gonna say like maybe a a month or two months out is kind of when Heisher it, it became the Heisher Patrick draft because like the entire yeah. NHL season. It was dubbed the Nolan Patrick draft. Like mm-hmm. it was Nolan Patrick and everybody else, and then yeah, he he sure shot up. I think Patrick dealt with it. Was that the year he dealt with the the injury? I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 
and then it, yeah, it just didn't work out. Which sides? Yeah, so frustrating. Yeah, all new and flyers, it, right? Yeah, <laughs> really. And it, it just you know, man, that that's just it's hard to recover from that. And um, you know, early returns on Cutter Goche look good. Uh, look good for them. You know, he's top Cutter fan last yeah. year. Yep, and I I think uh, he I mean he absolutely killed the the world championship tournament earlier this summer. He was a monster in that tournament. It was so think, fun to watch. I think he led the tournament in goals, didn't he? He did. Yeah. Uh, he either he he was either leading or he tied for yeah. it. Um, but he had a great he had a great tournament and summertime tournament and all that. And I understand that, but it was you know it was against professionals and it, it you know for a kid that's going back to college next year. That was really, you know, that was very, very uh, promising. And I think it got a lot of people justifiably excited about him. And, um, you know, he's probably not that far away. He could probably play in the pros next year or at the end of this year. Yeah, I think there's a chance we'll see him at the end of the, the college season. Yeah, so you hit on those picks and uh, and then the, it'll accelerate your process, you know. Uh, yeah, but you have to hit on them. and. Yep. Uh, the Flyers will have a lot of options uh, on Wednesday night. Totally. Um, so they also pick at 20, what is it, 22? Yeah, 22. Um, is there anybody keeping your eye on at 22? Yeah, I mean, there's been um, players like uh, like uh, Danny Butt, I think, is uh, of, he'll be floating around there. He's an interesting prospect. Um, there's um, There's one more player that I was really – Riley Height. Is that how okay. you say his name? I think he's a yep. centerman. Uh, his name's out there. It was funny because a lot of my preparation this year, I've been looking at this stuff for a while now, and it was all top ten, top fifteen guys because the Flyers were in the, they didn't have the second, <laughs> right? right? Yep. And then they got the second, and I was like, oh man, they're in the back end of the draft. I got to start looking at this stuff. Right. So those are the early, uh, the early looks I've got at guys, but um, there should be other defensemen there as well. I think uh, floating around that spot around 22. I, yeah. I like uh, Quentin Musty. Quentin Musty's another one. Yep. Yeah. Winger, big body playmaker. Yeah. He seems like a prick to kind of play against. Yeah. Um, I, I like, I like that name around 22. Yeah. He's, um, he's interesting. Um, there's a little bit of like, like if you're looking for that, like if the fires want like that, that power wing element, he could be a good fit that way. Uh, for them big skilled guy and um you know not afraid to like you know get in there and, and work a little bit yeah you know so uh he's a yeah he's another interesting name must he's a, another interesting player out there for sure there's too. also another gochier in the draft that could be fun yeah <laughs> yeah i did see that <laughs> not related i, no, I can't find no any relation. sort of relation <laughs> but i thought that was funny yeah yep could go that route um all right, so before we get out of here, anything anything else you want to you want to cover before we before we leave here? I don't think there's anything else for me. I just get ready for this uh, this Wednesday show, our live NHL yep. draft show. Yep, which is about I'll to bring be... that up. So yep. I'm, I'm handing you the keys. <laughs> your, your time to shine. Um, we'll be doing the, uh, the 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 live show Wednesday night uh, around start time of the draft, 7 p.m. I'm I'm looking forward to. It. I mean, I listen with the kids at 7 p.m. Such a weird start time. I, they should have done it at eight. Yeah, to make my, to make my life easier. <laughs> um, so I'll hop on when I can. Cool, but I'm 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 looking I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, we'll be uh we'll do an all live breakdowns. Um, what's his name's going to join us? Don Conaway's going to join us from nice. uh, Drunk on Broad. He's going to be on. 
and uh, we'll we'll kind of do all live reactions to these picks. There's going to be, I can just imagine, just Mitchkoff falling. We're doing the show, and Mitchkoff's falling. Yeah. Flyers trade with Phoenix. Well, it was funny when I'm going to be going crazy. When I don't know if you know this, when we were a part of the uh, Belly Up Sports, um, they had a show on their network that was, it was just like a fantasy football type show. Mm-hmm. So they invited me, Don, and Dom on. They they were doing like a full for, full I think first two rounds live of the NFL draft. Mm-hmm. Um, they invited us on. It, it, it kind of took a bunch of personalities and to put them throughout the first round. So we had like a five pick window. Because we were trying to, I think we had picks like 16, 17, 18, and 19 or something like that we were going to be on. Because okay. we, I picked, specifically picked that time frame because the Eagles, I think, were coming up with a pick. Yeah. We were on that show when they announced that they traded for A.J. Brown, and our reactions were crazy. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, it was nuts. So I, I fully expect something like that to happen on Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah, that would be great. I, yep. that would, the content would be great. Yeah, we, it, was, it was breaking news. We heard it, and we were like, <laughs> like no, you're kidding. You're, that really happened. Really. <laughs> It was our reactions for nuts. So I definitely expect something like that to happen. But all right, we're going to get out of here. Mark, I appreciate you joining me tonight. I know it was last minute uh, notice. And again, Wednesday, 7 p.m., we'll be live on Facebook, uh, YouTube, and Twitch. Because I'm tired of Twitter. I'm tired of going live on Twitter. Nobody can, I can't see any comments. It's a mess. So what's what's the point? We'll we'll do it when we get to Twitch. so yeah, add fired up sports too uh, on those uh, on those platforms. So we're gonna get out of here. We will see everybody Wednesday, and then the regular show next Monday. See you then.